Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good morning, this is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. I'm a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist in New York City, and I'm bringing to you all things health-related for women. Thank you for joining me at GYN Corner today. Please click those uh, like, subscribe, and follow buttons if you enjoy the topics and the information that I'm presenting. And be sure to check out the YouTube channel and the podcast. We're on all of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, everyone. Uh, and those two are nice because everything is delineated according to topics and dates. So it's easier to find subjects that you may be interested in. And uh, the last presentation today and a few more, I'm going to discuss some topics that have come up here in the office over the last few weeks with several patients. So I thought perhaps they'll be of interest to the outside world also. Uh, today, I'm going to speak on the question about getting the HPV vaccine. Uh, I've had several women over the last couple of weeks ask me if they're too old to get the vaccine. And um, apparently that's obviously because um, uh, originally the vaccine was only recommended here in the States. I know in other countries they've, they have different age recommendations. But here in the States, it was only recommended to women who were um, under 26 years old. So it was recommended between 9 years old and 11 years old. But the latest you could get the vaccine was 26 and that information was based on the research that confirmed that, um, or at least it appears to confirm that if someone is under 24 years old and it peters up through 26 years old, that if they get infected with any of the strains of HPV, they have about an 80% possibility that their body will get rid of the infection. They'll be able to eradicate the infection within two years of getting the virus. Now, of course, no one knows who's in the 80% rid and the 20% keep. No one knows when the clock started for that two-year time frame. But the general gestalt was that if someone is young, young being under 24, but it will peter up through 26, then the bulk of those women will be able to get rid of the virus through their immune system. And if they're over 24 and definitely over 26, the kind of cutoff age, absolute cutoff age in the state was put at 30, then if they show evidence of the infection of having HPV, uh, they're not going to be able to get rid of it. The virus will be able to go in or out of activity, but they won't be able to eradicate it from their system. Now, last year, I can't remember when, but it feels like maybe early to mid last year, the age limit in America was pushed up through 45 years old. So now it's not 26 and under for the vaccine. It's up to 45. They can get the vaccine. Uh, of course, there's a few caveats with that. The first caveat is the reason why it's really being strongly recommended for the little girls between 9 and 11 years old is because HPV or human papillomavirus is a sexual infection. So the thought was if we get the vaccine before the girls are sexually active, then the, that will prevent the infection altogether and then obviously you don't have to worry about someone already having the infection and then getting the vaccine it's doing nothing because they don't have it 
So HPV or human papillomavirus is a sexual infection, and if you get the vaccine before you're sexually active, then obviously your odds of being infected with the virus is going to be greatly lowered. The reality is also, though, that there are over 180 strains of HPV. The vaccine covers seven of those strains. Now, we have identified, that's the we, the medical community, has identified 14 high-risk strains. And that's because if you have one or more of those 14 strains, it puts you at an increased risk of developing severe precancer or very early cancer of the cervix within a three-year time frame. So it takes about two to three years for the cervix to go from normal to severe precancer or very early cancer if you have one or more of those strains. We're not saying that everyone who has those strains will have severe precancer or very early cancer, but the worst case scenario. There are other strains outside of those 14 that will potentially cause cervical cancer, but they take much longer. They can take 5, 10, 15, even 20 years for someone to have those infections and then slowly but surely march down the pathway from normal to early precancer to late precancer to very early cervical cancer. So we're not super worried about those ones. But if someone has one or more of those 14 strains, then those 14 strains are much more efficient at making the cervical tissue change from normal to precancer and upwards and onwards to cancer. The, out of those 14, the vaccine covers seven of those 14 strains. So not all of them, but a bulk of them. It also covers two of the predominantly non-cancer strains that are more likely to cause genital warts or condylomata. Now there are 11 identified strains that are most likely to cause genital warts. They're not restricted to genital warts. They will sometimes cause cervical cancer or precancer changes, but out of the 11 identified, the vaccine also covers two of those 11. So the vaccine is called Gardasil 9 because it covers nine strains of HPV or human papillomavirus out of that 180 plus. Now this presentation is getting a little bit long so I'm gonna stop right there for now. That's like a big introduction to cover the background and then I'll continue this in a part two at the next presentation. Thanks for joining me at GYN Corner. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner, all things health related for women. Please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode.